Welcome to the Hydric and Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hydric is the premier global provider of senior level executive search and leadership consulting services. Diversity and inclusion, leading through tumultuous times, and building thriving teams and organizations are among the core issues we talk with leaders about every day, including in our podcasts. Thank you for joining the conversation. Hi, I'm Victoria Reese, partner at Hydric and Struggles, the global managing partner of the general counsel practice and the head of the corporate officers practice. In today's podcast, I'm talking to Rudy Figueroa, senior vice president, general counsel and chief compliance officer at Mitsui Rail Capital, a railways rolling stock leasing company and part of Mitsui & Co. Rudy is based in Chicago. Rudy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It's an honor and privilege to be here. And good morning. We continue to see general counsels take greater responsibility for the enterprise and be strategic partners. Can you share your experience navigating this shift? Thanks, Victoria. Taking greater responsibility for the enterprise and being strategic partners is a many faceted ability and skill. And, you know, over the years, I have seen that you you need to build greater trust and communication with your team and really take time and have the courage to apply yourself in areas that you may initially have thought may not be your real house. And you really need to grow into that responsibility and grow into that comfort zone and get your team comfortable so you can really be more responsible, more strategic, and really get better integrated into the enterprise. It takes some time. It takes some courage. Always be willing to listen and to learn but not be afraid to speak up when needed. Love the listen and learn part, always. You've held additional roles at Mitsui Rail Capital, including HR and risk. How has that broader experience with the company helped you in your current role? You know, the last couple of years have really demonstrated how both HR and risk are really critical to the business. We've seen how the markets have reacted, how the pandemic has affected not only our workforce, but our workplaces and our lives. And all this is an overlay onto the enterprise risk. There are always risks involved and good lawyers are going to see those risks and be able to identify them and potentially quantify them for the company. Now we can't predict everything, but being very sensitive to where all the risks are and how far they go and where they come from I think really lends to a general counsel's ability to not only advise and guide the company, but really to take proactive measures, which particularly over the last few years, those responsibilities and those areas that need attention have just grown exponentially. Diversity, equity, and inclusion are important to you both personally and professionally. What are your plans as general counsel and chief compliance officer to further DEI at Mitsui? And also across the logistics transportation industry, are there any particular challenges or success stories related to being a company operating in several countries? Victoria, DE&I is always a great topic, particularly in these modern times. As general counsel and chief compliance officer, I've done my best to try to promote DE&I as a mission, as a strategic objective and really expand that not only to Mitsui companies in the Americas, but globally. In addition, how do we, and I've tried to do my best to expand it into other areas, you know, like in the industries that I work in, in transportation, we touch logistics and finance and 
energy and other areas. But even in some of the other areas that I also participate in, like risk management and HR, certainly compliance, and even the law, right? In the vendors and the law firms that we work with, where DEI is critical. Being at Mitsui has given me a very interesting perspective where DEI has been many times viewed as an American issue. Other countries who are dealing with their own changing demographics you know, have across the spectrum sort of had to deal with that over time as well, but it's really crystallized here in the United States. But working at a global international company has really provided me an opportunity to really see different cultures, different religions, and how all of these things interact within a company. It's given me the ability to really navigate different cultural norms and learn effective ways to communicate with different participants, different employees, different business partners. And this becomes really critical and becomes an adaptable skill set when dealing with your workforce, your C-suite, you know, all the stakeholders that you're involved with in the United States. It's always a challenge. And you look at the current pandemic years where DEI has really come to the forefront, where we're looking at issues of systemic racism. We're looking at issues of different economic classes. We're looking at how consumers are reacting and affecting company bottom lines, how they're voting and affecting legislation, which then affects your company. So being sensitive to that and going further to really understand that, how it's affecting your company externally and how it's affecting your company internally, right? So all that DEI becomes critically important in managing your organization's culture, driving effectiveness, driving innovation, keeping your workforce intact and happy to be there versus wanting to leave. All of this, I think, permeates our companies nowadays and continues to drive many of the different responses that employees and decision makers make with regard to the business, with regard to their personal lives. And so the more that we can speak about this, the more that we can have open and honest conversations and take progressive moves forward to be effective for our stakeholders, I think is all for the better. Prior to Mitsui Rail Capital, you were an attorney at two law firms and also a judicial law clerk. What was the transition like into an in-house role? Which leadership capabilities were most helpful in making the transition? Any surprises or advice you would give to another lawyer considering such a shift in their career? You know, transitioning into in-house and being effective You know, there are many different ways to view that. One interesting way I describe it is it's like moving in with your client. You know, when you were outside counsel, you had what I'll call the luxury of not having to live with your client and you only had to deal with issues as they came to you. There's a problem. There's a transaction. When you move in with your client, it's kind of a good and bad thing. You're now there 10 decisions prior to that problem or 10 decisions prior to that transaction, which can be great. But you also have to filter and deal with things that aren't necessarily or traditionally sort of legal questions, right? They're business questions. There are other questions that may not be pertinent at the time, but you're seeing them up close. You're seeing it up front. You're seeing it way in advance. And that's a different shift. Some lawyers are very keen on just providing their legal advice and not making a call. I think successful partners and successful in-house folks, we have to make decisions. We have to make a call. Right. And the more that one can sort of take ownership of the business and the enterprise and make decisions like you're an owner and have that courage, sort of taking in all of the other risks 
making that call and having the courage to do that goes a long way. That's your credibility. It adds to the trust and the respect that your colleagues will have. And you directly impact those results, right? Versus just getting a fee and you've either resolved a problem or, you know, you've closed a deal and, and you move on to the next one, right? So you have to live with the consequences of that, good or bad. For those that are in-house, then hopefully it's, I live with the consequences and maybe there's, you know, a good outcome for that, for the company, for the department, for you individually. So that kind of transition has been helpful. And because, you know, it's like moving in with your girlfriend or boyfriend for the first time, right? It's different. (laughs) It's just a different world all of a sudden. And you have to walk the halls with the people knowing that you gave the advice that they're all living with. So I think that's... Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. You have to live with those consequences. Yeah. I recently interviewed Deborah Farone, a strategic marketing consultant for professional services. And we discussed how important it is for general counsels to build a personal brand and network. I know you do this really well. What is your perspective on why that's so important? Building on that, how have you built a rapport with your internal clients and created strategic partnerships as an internal trusted advisor? Personal brand and network, I think, is critical for a modern general counsel, chief legal officer. You need that personal brand internally to gain trust, literally to get the right information that you need to be able to lean on people and get the most effective assistance from them, right? And for people to go to bat for you, your personal brand and your network is going to be important. And how you build that, it takes time. It takes measured steps and a consistency that people can see, that people can understand, and that people can trust. And it has to be intentional. You know, another piece of that being intentional is it's going to people, taking the time out and not just delegating out or Look, you're never going to build your brand via email, right? You need to get out there. You need to see people. You need to earn their trust. And how you develop that skill set and that leadership skill set, whether it's internally or externally, can go a very long way. Those with a good personal brand will align with the right company, will align with the right workforce and C-suite and board, and also aligns with the network where if people like you and trust you, they will go to bat for you when you need it. And at the end of the day, it's very easy for us to have very transactional relationships in times of crisis or in times of need. If you've built a good brand and you have a good network, you will see that network respond for you in a very positive way and may even surprise you with how supportive they can be. So it's not going to do it by itself. You know, you need to really get out there, be intentional about it, and then you can absolutely see the benefits of that. That might actually go to both questions, you know, I mean, whether it's internal clients or strategic partnerships with external parties, that personal brand and network goes a long way. I know many lawyers that have relied upon their own personal network, their personal goodwill, and you've seen that applied in negotiations, in business decisions where if you've got that goodwill and that rapport, right, your personal brand is out there and you've got a deep and wide network, you'll be very surprised to see how much you can accomplish. I am routinely leaned upon not only by my business and my C-suite, but even within the broader Mitsui global companies, I'm constantly asked to reach out and chime in and perhaps, you know, put in a good word or ask a favor here or there to, to get something that we might need. And you see that happen 
And that happened effectively thanks to the network, thanks to the reputation I've built and the person I am. And I think what's critical of that, another piece that we didn't quite talk about yet was being authentic, being genuine and being sincere about it and having sort of the reputation and consistency to show people that you really are who you are and you can anticipate that and people can rely on that. And I think, you know, everyone's going to have their own brand. It's really up to them what they want to present to the world and what is effective for them. But I think I've tried to rely on a brand that's been honest and genuine and forthright. And I think that that works very well for me, but to each their own, they need to develop that and they'll see the fruits of that. I think you've talked about some skill sets that are really important for any leader in the C-suite. And I think for a general counsel, what you talked about is so important because being authentic means that you're approachable and a general counsel that's not approachable can lead to many problems, as you can imagine, in a company if people don't feel like they can come to you and confide in you and seek your advice. Rudy, looking ahead and staying on this theme of leadership skill sets and capabilities, what's the most important for your company to meet its strategic goals? Which of those skill sets and capabilities would you highlight when you think about it? That's a great question and one that has come to the forefront, I think, over the last few years and over the pandemic years, particularly. Leadership and capabilities to bring to the company have expanded for general counsel and chief legal officers. Not only do we need to have sound legal advice, not only do we need to have good ability to manage and delegate risk and responsibility out, but we're being asked to be the moral compass for the company, right? We're asked to be independent eyes and ears when they are needed. We need to be adaptable to changing situations. All of this requires an ability to look at the world in a way where you're very open and honest about the realities that you're seeing, being able to interpret what those realities could bring in terms of potential opportunities and potential risks, and then how do we mitigate those? Then you need those abilities to really find the information, find the knowledge, right? Think critically, think strategically about how do we address these issues and being able to address them in a way that is as all-encompassing as you can, right? To minimize risks or to maximize those rewards. But you really need to bring a full suite of skills and abilities and knowledge to the table to really be a good leader and to really meet those strategic goals in an efficient and effective way. Every general counsel and chief legal officer I know often has to bring so many different skill sets aside from the law, bring that to the table. And I've often found that to develop those skill sets, you need to run to crisis. Crisis provides the biggest opportunity of growth for a leader. You may not know exactly what to do, but you have to trust yourself and you have to rely on good judgment and you have to rely on good information and you have to know what you don't know. But you have to be smart enough to know if you need more information or if there's somebody smarter than you in an area, get their advice, right? Solicit their viewpoints. We need to know this so we can be effective decision makers and leaders and know how to delegate those actions out and really manage not only that issue, manage the process and manage the decision-making and manage the results if you can. So the pandemic years, I think, are providing general counsel a huge amount of growth opportunities in terms of leadership. I myself have just encountered so many changing scenarios that have required me to step in as a leader, take responsibility for things. But you know that might also just be me. I tend to run to crisis and want to help out.
<laughs> I think you uh, run to other things as well and how you do your job and your commitment to DEI and and mentoring people outside of the company coming up with the aspiration to be general counsel is incredible. Rudy, thank you so much for making the time to speak with us today. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Victoria. It was an absolute pleasure to be here and hope we can do it again. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time. Hydrogen Struggles.